Hello and happy, well, you already know what day it is if you're listening. It's Friday, baby, and you're listening to another great episode of your favorite podcast, Burgers and Brats. Got a lot to break down for y'all. We got new weeks in the NFL and college football. Also, MLB postseason is in full swing with the ALCS and NLCS and some pretty tight matchups. So, going to bring all of that down and more. Make sure you follow the podcast on any platform, any streaming service at Burgers and Brats. Stay up to date with Facebook on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and hopefully you're watching on millions at Burgers and Brats. And check out the podcast website, burgersbrotspodcast.com. Go get some merch, guys. Go get yourselves some awesome merch. I mean, I got everything you guys can think of, so go check it out. Well, let's start with the Major League Baseball. We got some interesting games going on. I mean, the Astros have come back from 2-0 to tie the series at 2-2 versus the Texas Rangers. So both teams winning on the road. Neither home team has won yet. Uh, That's going to be an interesting series. And, I mean... Who knows what can happen? I mean, these are these guys are rivals. Um, we've seen just how crazy these games are. I mean, they've been super close games. First game, Rangers won 0-2. Next game, Rangers won 5-4. Uh, and then Rangers lose 8-5 and now losing, uh, going to be losing at least 9-3. to uh, They do play again today, Friday, at 7.03 or at 4.07 p.m., so uh, late afternoon game, kind of switching with the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. It's just crazy how you're in the ALCS and NLCS, and uh, these games are just in the middle of the afternoon on Fox Sports 1, TBS. It's, it's kind of crazy how bad the marketing is for the MLB. But again, it really doesn't feel like the MLB playoffs. I mean, there's no Dodgers, no Yankees, and none of these other big teams that have been there, and you got the Astros that have been there, I guess, seven straight years, but... Nobody likes the asterisks. No one likes them. They cheat. They cheat every year. So we're not watching to tune in to watch them. And the strangers look like they're going to blow it. And this is why we make fun of them every single year. Uh, being up 2 nothing. So uh, crazy ALCS. And then um, so one more game at the Rangers. We'll see if the Rangers can maybe get one win at home. Uh, it's going to be Verlander versus... Uh, Jordan Montgomery, so it's going to be a tough task uh, going against Verlander and trying to get a win if you're a Rangers fan. So uh, it can be done, but it's hard to go against Verlander in the postseason. So Astros could take a 3-2 lead uh, tonight, uh, Friday, and then uh, they have Sunday-Monday games, uh, possibly a uh, Monday game for the Rangers Astros if it goes to seven so could be an interesting series uh really you can't really make a prediction on this series but I would say the Astros uh Houston Houston I mean they've been there done that before they've got the better players and they don't choke uh in big time games like the Rangers do so I'd probably go Astros to come back and win this series uh 10 to 3 now and could add more in this series so on the NL side National League the Diamondbacks finally get a win, a shutout, or a complete dominant game. It was it was two to one. So, uh, walk off single uh, for Marte uh, in the game. So what a what a close game and how entertaining uh, for these teams. These these te- these two teams really don't care who wins. Uh, really want to see either of them in the World Series. Uh, would root for any of them over the AL teams. Uh, it would be cool to see Bryce Harper again and just that team, what they've been doing to get there and. Uh, going up this year after making it last year, just how 
fun and electric they have been. But really wouldn't mind seeing the Diamondbacks get there and uh, win a World Series. I've never seen that. Uh, this has been a uh, this has been a pretty dominant series by the Phillies. I mean, they went five to three and then ten to zero the last two games, and then uh, just lose a two one game. So just the bats weren't working, and they had been working all series. Uh, great pitch, great pitching uh, tonight or uh, last night. So uh, this series be playing not tonight, uh, seven o'clock. So these two games kind of just uh, flip flop from Thursday and Friday. It's just, and this is on TBS. Like Fox Sports One and TBS are getting the championship series matchups. It's kind of embarrassing how bad this marketing is. Uh, and then they play Saturday, and then po- uh, Monday and Tuesday possibly. So uh, should be an interesting series. I hope it goes to seven. Uh, these are two pretty fun teams to watch, and uh, really, really would like to see either of these teams make it to the World Series. Then. Uh, would be good. I mean, Philly's been uh, pretty dominant, and they made it back last year, so they definitely got revenge on their mind and against the Astros. So, it uh, could be a great rematch waiting right there. All right, let's go into college football. Yeah, guys, it's finally football weekend again. OU has been off on their bye week, and I'm excited to finally get some OU football back. Um, Kind of talk about last week in week seven. Notre Dame just abused Caleb Williams. Got to watch the game at Sandia Peak and Casino uh, in Albuquerque. It was fun watching Caleb just get dominated. And Caleb with three interceptions. The whole team had five turnovers total. Just not what you want to see for a team that has high hopes and high expectations, especially with facing their toughest team of the year. I mean, Notre Dame had more com- more wins combined or more wins than the other teams that USC played combined. So uh, that was US, USC's 100% toughest test, and it only gets harder from there because, I mean, it's got Washington, Oregon, and more coming up. So it's going to be tough. Uh, but Notre Dame went back on track. You just kind of bite yourself that you lost to Louisville the week before and uh, just that gut-wrenching loss to Ohio State where you could have just stopped them one yard. One yard is all you needed to stop. So, Notre Dame, you could be, I mean, a top-two team right now if you just get those games. So, But uh, back up to number 15. Um, Huskies, I mean, they outscore Oregon. They look really good. Oregon's my pick to win. And if you don't miss a field goal, you go in overtime, and Oregon could uh, win that game. So it kind of uh, sucks it came down to uh, the kicker. But what a what an incredible game! I just thought it was a terrible design or terrible play to go for it on fourth down at your midfield when you couldn't stop Washington all game. I mean, I get that you couldn't stop them all game, so go for it. But um, they gotta go ninety yards compared to fifty, and hey, it's a lot easier to do. So uh, Michael Penix Jr. I think squarely number one in the Heisman race right now, especially with how bad Caleb looked. Uh, Bama escapes Arkansas. They Arkansas got it to within three points and had a chance to come in there and win. But Bama escapes, and they look pretty good. Arkansas is not a great team, but uh, Texas A&M losing their last two losses to Tennessee. Tennessee getting the seven-point victory. I mean, uh, they got a great matchup going to be talking about with Alabama. So uh, Tennessee 5-1 and one on the year. Uh, not getting the respect that they had uh, previously, but still good nonetheless. Uh, Pitt, like we're talking about, smothered number 14 Louisville. This week, I just dominated them. So that loss looks even worse for Notre Dame. You, North Carolina pushes past Miami. Uh, it kind of tied 
uh, late in the, in, in the third, at least, and then uh, North Carolina just used that firepower and that offensive Drake made and just whoop, went on by Tyler Van Dyke and Miami. Oregon State now 6-1 and one over a pretty dominant, pretty good-looking win over the UCLA Bruins. So Oregon State with DJU, uh, they, they can make some noise, and they still got a tough schedule ahead, and uh, they can easily end up in the Pac-12 championship. So a look for that team going forward. All right, let's break down the college football action for this week. And we're going Ivy League this week. Yeah, we're going to the Ivy League to make some picks. Harvard versus Princeton. That's right. Harvard, 5-0 and on the year. Princeton, 2-3. and But uh, their quarterback, uh, Blake Sindstrom, he's got over 1,000 yards, only five touchdowns and four interceptions on the year. So uh, turning the ball over a lot and uh, other teams getting it. And that's been, the, that's been the reason they've lost these games. All but uh, – one of these games, so four of the five games that Princeton has played have all been by uh, three points, so or three points or less. So uh, pretty crazy how close these games have been, and just I mean those turnovers are costly and costing this team because this team could easily be uh, five and zero or four and one, but uh, no, it's super close though. Harvard uh, quarterback uh, Charles DePrima, eleven touchdowns on the year, only seven hundred eighty-three yards, so. Hasn't really, uh, but he's been spreading it out with his legs. He's been doing multi-threat, dual-threat quarterback. He's got 517 yards with uh, five touchdowns on 60 attempts. So this man can do it all, and that's why this team is uh, really five and zero and dominant, kind of dominating these uh, these other Ivy League teams and everything because uh, they're putting up a ton of points uh, on the board. Uh, I mean, they're scoring at least 38 game and 48 where. 40 points in their last two matchups and uh, over 34 total, at least for every game they played this season. This is Harvard's first uh, away game for the year. Harvard's first away game. So uh, they did have a neutral site versus Holy Cross, but otherwise uh, this is their first away game. So let's see how they handle the electric, um, the electric stadium and uh, action of Princeton and just that crowd noise over there. Uh, they should be able to handle it. Uh, offense overall put up 418 points uh, for Harvard. While, uh, out, yeah, so they're outgaining Princeton by 100 yards total. But defensively, uh, Harvard's giving up 100 more yards per game than Princeton is giving up. So, I mean, it should be a pretty even matchup. Uh, kind of a really big thing here is Harvard is averaging 260 rushing yards per game. Yeah, 260 rushing yards per game. But Princeton is only giving up 72. So whoever wins this battle, uh, I think, can easily, can definitely be in driver's seat to win this game. And, I mean, if you hold Harvard under, under 100 yards rushing in this game, I think Princeton has a very good chance of winning because that is a big identity for them. But uh, Harvard 5-0 and just looked really good, and Princeton just hasn't been able to eke out those close wins. I think Harvard gets it done and takes down Princeton. All right, uh, number 16, Duke at number four, Florida State. Should be a good matchup, ACC. I really didn't think this would be a good matchup. I mean, at least until week one uh, when Duke took down Clemson. Florida State, a 14.5-point favorite in this game. 
it, it's a good test for Florida State. This is their last test of the season, pretty much. They do play Miami, but uh, that shouldn't look too hard uh, once it gets down there. Uh, Duke can hang. I think I think Duke can hang. They showed. I mean, they had a one-score game with Notre Dame. They've been dominating all these other teams that they've played. Uh, Travis, 1,500 yards, 13 touchdowns, and one interception on the season. So this this man is playing like he should be invited to New York City. No one's really talking about it because they have two close wins and against Boston College and Clemson. So getting a little hate, but they're six and zero. We'll see how good they play. They get a night game, primetime game versus Duke. See, thing if they go cover the spread, I'll be like, all right, this team can really play. But if they if they keep it close or anything, I think. Definitely need to worry for the Seminoles. This is uh, Duke's second road game of the season. So this is a tough environment. Going to be electric atmosphere going in, especially for a primetime game. Duke is only giving up nine points per game. Nine points. It's pretty good. I mean, you're in the ACC. Not great competition, but still only giving up that much this late into the season. Eight weeks in. Pretty good. Uh, FSU, uh, Keon Coleman, 29 receptions, 7 have been touched out. So uh, guard this man, double-team this man, triple-team this man. Uh, Duke, on the other hand, uh, 200 rushing yards per game. So uh, that's their main identity. If you go and slow it down for Florida State, uh, you just cut the Cobra off at its head. Duke, I think you need to force at least two turnovers in this game to keep it close. Uh, FSU is just really balanced. I, I think it could be close at least until late in the third, maybe maybe early fourth and keep it close uh, just because, I mean, anything happened in college. But I, I think Florida State just putting up 42 points a game and uh, just overall more athletes and more athletic. I think Florida State wins 28-17 uh, to 17 at home. So, uh, Duke, I think I got Duke covering in that one. Uh, next game, we got Utah, number 14, Utah, at number 18, USC. USC tumbling all the way down to number 18. Uh, they are still a seven-point favorite in this game, and I, I can tell you why. I mean, the rematch of the Pac-12 championship from last year, uh, USC and Caleb uh, just got dominated last week. Uh, it's kind of surprising they're still this much of a favorite. Uh, they are at home, though, primetime Fox game, 7 p.m., Utah is now the second-best team that USC has faced. Utah's only 5-1. and one. I mean, they've had 30 different quarterbacks come in and play for them, but uh, they're 5-1. and one. This team just, Utah, I mean, they're doing it with defense because offensively, they're 117th in the nation, only 322 yards. They only average 21 points a game. That, that is not good. USC, on the other hand, 56 points per game so still no cam rising uh it's gonna be a utah no offense versus a usc no defense type of game so usc if you can put up point or utah if you're going in and putting up points yeah in the first half you got a very good chance you're putting over 21 you can win this game uh utah numerous quarterbacks i mean they've only got 150 passing yards per game 150 passing yards per game uh for this utah team that is atrocious. You can't win games throwing at 150 yards, but they're 5-1. So I will see anything can happen. Uh, it's a top 10 defense versus a top 10 offense. So like I said uh, earlier with the matchups, and it should be good. It, it, I think it should be close. Uh, we'll see how USC bounces back after just getting throttled on the road. Um, Utah's only loss was to number 12, Oregon State. So, I mean, they, they could be – and it was a one-score game. So they could be 6-0 and – 
Uh, it's incredible how far they got with no quarterback. Uh, I think USC bounces back in this one, but I really wouldn't be surprised if Utah uh, gets another win. Uh, it should be close. should be fun. Uh, but give me USC bouncing back. If they don't, big things, trouble for Lincoln Riley, and I think he departs from the NFL uh, if he loses this game. At least pretty bad. All right, number 17, Tennessee at number 11, Alabama. Alabama's still outside of the top 10 for this long. Pretty surprising. Uh, 10 point favorites against, or 9 point favorites against the Bulls. And I mean, what a rematch from last year's game where Tennessee won it on the last second field goal. Uh, Milro and, and Milton, uh, the quarterbacks, really have uh, identical stats uh, on the year. Uh, pretty, pretty even. Uh, both teams, I mean, everything, both just averaging over 30 points a game. Just over 200, just about 250 passing, 15 passing yards per game. Uh, the only biggest difference is Tennessee is running the ball with 231 yards per game. 231 rushing yards, but Alabama uh, is only doing 150. So, got to get the round game going, keep Alabama off the field, but Alabama's not really scoring any points. I mean, they're only putting up uh, 307, 367 yards per game, so... Not that great offensively, one of the worst teams we've seen under Nick Saban. I mean, 87th overall. Uh, of course, they have a great defense. Uh, this game really could be Tennessee's, but they just have bad luck against Alabama. I mean, obviously not last year, but uh, otherwise, I mean, they hadn't won in over a decade against them. Uh, Tennessee's looked pretty good in their wins. Uh, just an embarrassing loss to Florida. Uh, third, third week of the season. And this is only their second away game for Tennessee. Well, this is going to be Alabama's fifth home game. So uh, Alabama's already 4-0 and in the conference and 1-1 and versus top 25. Uh, I, 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 it's hard to go against Nick Saban until he just keeps losing. So both teams, uh, I, I think it should be a phenomenal game. Uh, this, is, this is a great weekend in football. The, these two teams are very evenly matched up. I mean, if Tennessee gets the win... This is going to be huge for Hypo and huge for the years to come. But lose could start shutting down, or uh, kind of your hopes for the SEC championship are done for either team. So I uh, really think Alabama uh, gets the win in this one. Just hard to bet against Nick Saban. All right, game day heading to uh, Columbus, Ohio, number seven, Penn State versus number three, Ohio State. And it is a shame that this is going to be an 11 a.m. kick. Ohio State, a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this game, kind of going back and forth all week, but I really think, like, I, I mean, I've said this all year, I'm not super high on Penn State. I know 6-0, they got some good wins. They, they were good last year, but just still not high on them. Um, Drew Aller, a quarterback for uh, Penn State, 1,200 yards on the season, 12 touchdowns, and zero interceptions. So, I mean, he's getting it done. He's looking pretty good. But Aller has only thrown eight passes over 20 yards all year. Eight of his passes have been over 20 yards all year. That's it. Uh, he's landed only one of his past six. That's terrible. I can't trust this guy. And, I mean, I couldn't trust Kyle McCord earlier in the year for Ohio State, but he looks better. Uh, 11 touchdowns, only one interception. Ohio State, it's kind of like you got the bigger dogs. You got the better athletes. I mean, not – Penn State's got some good people, but uh, you got Marvin Harrison Jr. on that side. 
uh, Kyle McCord trusts him a little more. Just the Aller not being able to throw the ball uh, down the field. You have to throw the ball down the field and get those big plays, or at least throw it up. So uh, Penn State, though, averaging more points a game than Ohio State, averaging 44 points a game. Uh, they got 203 rushing yards per game, so uh, keeping the offenses off the field and keeping that defense uh, energetic and keeping them energized, not worn out. And that's how you win games. Let your defense rest. Uh, Ohio State, 300 passing yards. Uh, Penn, it's a t- it's a defensive showdown. This is going to be a defensive showdown. Ohio State ranks number 7th overall, and then Penn State 1st overall. Uh, Penn State number 1 defense only giving up 193 yards per game. That's pretty dang good. Pretty dang good. Ohio State's giving up 263. So these are these are pretty close. Um, Penn State, uh, like I said, getting it done on the ground, while Ohio State's only getting 135 rushing yards per game. Neither team really has been tested besides that Notre Dame-Ohio State game. Otherwise, uh, it's been cupcakes on their schedule. And I, I just see Ohio State uh, as the better team and trust them more. Just haven't been that high on Penn State. But they can shut me up this weekend. So I'm going Ohio State over Penn State. And then my top 10 college football rankings for the week, uh, number 10, North Carolina, number 9, Oregon, 8, Texas, 7, Penn State, 6, Oklahoma, 5, Ohio State, 4, Washington, 3, Florida State, 2, Michigan, number 1, Georgia. So uh, those are kind of the rankings for the week. And then those are my picks. Week 8 is already here in college football. We're only going to week 14, so uh, season is almost over. All right, let's go into On This Day in History, sponsored by Hefker Eye Care. Check them out, located 5757 Northwest 132nd Street in Oklahoma City. Uh, 1781, the British surrender at Yorktown, uh, basically ending the war. 1973, Nixon proclaims that Jim Thorpe is the greatest athlete of the first half of the 20th century, and he is not wrong, one of the greatest athletes to ever exist, Jim Thorpe. Uh, in 1973, same year, Queen Elizabeth II opens the Sydney Opera House. So that's a place you got to go see. Go see an opera. That's on the bucket list. Happy birthday, Evander Holyfield, Mickey Mantle, Snoop Dogg, and Alfred Nobel. The Nobel Prize named after. All right, that's on this day in history sponsored by Hefner Eye Care. Go check them out, hefneracare.com. Check out their virtual try-on. Try-on glasses, sunglasses from the comfort of your own home. All right, real quick, the NFL, my Broncos suck. They're terrible. Not good. Uh, Panthers, again, 0-6 on the year. The only winless team, Bryce Young, uh, just hasn't been looking like his college self, of course. I mean, that's a given. Uh, coming into a bad team, not having the protection, uh, learning new teams. You're getting bigger dudes, faster guys with you, and uh, it's just tough to learn, uh, especially as a small rookie like that on a bad team uh ravens now four and two on the year i mean just one bad loss at pittsburgh and th- this team is rolling uh this is kind of my underrated team for the season and i think they can still do great things uh, at four and two future still heading they got a big game coming up this week dolphins they they just swam to five and one they look really good they look really good uh both undefeated teams 49ers and eagles just bad losses 49ers had a chance to win, kick or miss the field goal against a better team in the Browns, but Eagles just, ugh, to the Jets, ugh, that looked terrible. 
And then uh, Anthony Richardson, rookie quarterback for the Colts, is out for the year, season-ending surgery. So hope to see get him back. He was playing pretty good football for that. All right, NFL uh, Chargers at the Chiefs, AFC West division rivalry. Uh, Chiefs a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Pretty much about right. Uh, Chargers kept it close with Dallas last week. Uh, could have a chance to kind of take the lead, and um, but nope. Dallas D, big D in Dallas, uh, look good. Uh, back on track, which kind of hoped and expected to happen. Uh, Pat Mahomes, 5-1 and one on the year, but they've kind of been struggling. And maybe two of those wins were with some officiating. I don't know. Maybe. But uh, they're 5-1. They got the Swifty. Swifty gift with them, and they look, they look good uh, so far. So he's got 11 touchdowns, but five interceptions on the year. Got to pick that up, especially getting later into the season. Got to got to do a little better. Uh, number three or three Los Angeles Chargers uh, losses have been by a total of eight points. Three of their losses have been by eight total points. I mean, that's that's just field goal or touchdown just one way or a made play made first down, I just lead you to a victory. So I got to clean that up and get, just get better, just get luckier, honestly. Uh, Chargers, 31st in defense, giving up 311 yards per game. You're going against Pat Mahomes, so you're probably going to give up that and get a few stops, and that defense can uh, maybe get some stops, and you could possibly win this game. Uh, Kelsey, is he 100%? Maybe. He's got Taylor Swift, so I'd say so. Uh, Chargers got to find a run game and keep Pat Mahomes off the field. I, I mean, you say that going to like, whoever Pat Mahomes is facing offensively on the other side. Run the ball. Keep him off the field so he can't score. That's how you win. Uh, Herbert, zero interceptions uh, and two touchdowns, I think, can get you, get you, I think get you a win. I think get you a close win in this game just with not how great the Chiefs have been playing. Uh, recently in the last few weeks, so I think it should be high scoring. Uh, it, I mean, there's two good quarterbacks, two good offenses, not great defenses. Uh, KC is 4-0 when scoring first. I definitely see him scoring first again. Uh, I think it's close, at least until late, but I think the Chiefs win 28-21. All right, Pittsburgh at the Rams. Rams, three-point favorites in this one. Cooper Cup uh, back for a few weeks now. Matthew Stafford looking good, 1,600 yards. Uh, both quarterbacks, uh, trouble with the end zone. Uh, not many great touchdowns. I think three and five, or let's see, uh, five touchdowns and six touchdowns for both quarterbacks. So tr- trouble finding the end, zone, end zones, but not trouble finding the other team throwing some interceptions. i got to fix that. Uh, Sean McVay could have his kid during this week, but said, I'm not going to him. Football is more important. Heck yeah, it is, Sean. Um, Stafford, third in passing yards, especially, I mean, with Nakua and the Cooper Cup. I mean, this man just threw the ball up there. One of them is going to get it. Uh, Nakua, I mean, he had, what, 50 catches in like four games, so uh, pretty good stuff. And Cooper Cup back. Pittsburgh, 30th in offense and defense total. How do you even have any wins? I mean, even defense kind of stepped up, but how do you have any wins with that rank, with that ranking? A Najee, 63 attempts, zero touchdowns. Got to find him in the end zone. Got to find him in the end zone. 
especially with that many attempts. Uh, Puka, uh, like I said, 12 yards per reception. Rams 1-2 and two at home, so not getting the love at home because there really aren't any Rams fans, and uh, the other team sells out for them. Uh, both slow starts. Uh, both teams have only scored first one time. Uh, so, got to get hot. One of these teams has to score first and just get out in front. And I, I just trust the Rams a little more with that offense and Sean McVay, I think. Uh, they, they have a few more weapons, a little younger. and But it is scary going against T.J. Watt, who is a playmaker, and he can make some plays. So, I, I think Rams get this win 20-13. to 13. Um, say it's kind of close, but not really going to watch this game. 49ers at the Vikings. 49ers, can they get back on track? I think so. Vikings, good offense. Kirk Cousins, um, 1,700 yards, 14 touchdowns, four interceptions. Is he kind of in the MVP race? I mean, he's doing pretty good. Uh, kind of flow his name in there. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and Williams, all questionable for this week. Strong possibility all three play, but all three of them kind of banged up is tough loss. I mean, three best players for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Madison for the Vikings, 82 attempts, 320 yards, uh, zero touchdowns. So, I mean, this team ranks 30th in rushing yards per game. Uh, like I said, you got to keep your offense on the field and keep that defense satisfied because you're going against an offense that just clicks and has all those pieces uh, like a fine oil machine. Uh, 49ers top six in offense and defense, while Minnesota's top 15 in both. So it uh, could be a pretty evenly matchup. I think it should be a good game. Uh, Minnesota 0-3 at home, though, and 1-4 and in one-score game. So this team has kept it close the entire year. Uh, just can't win it. You can't get it done at home and can't get it done when it counts, uh, especially in those close matchups. Uh, and this 49ers team, they get off hot. They score first in every game. They led in every game but one, and... Uh, there's no slowing this team down unless, of course, those three guys are injured. Minnesota, when they scored first, though, in their one game, they're 1-0. They're not doing it this week. 49ers, 30-13. Um, Lions at Ravens, both high expectations, kind of like now, 4-2, uh, 5-1. Uh, I think sky's the limit for both these teams. I think both these teams can definitely make some noise, at least heading into the playoffs. Um... But this game does have playoff implications and playoff seating, even though they're not in the same conference. Uh, it definitely sets the tone, and whichever team wins, you're looking high, very, very high expectations for uh, February. Goff, MVP conversations. I mean, 1,600 yards, 11 touchdowns, I believe three interceptions. So Lamar, leading rusher, leading passer, obviously. 60 attempts rushing, nine total touchdowns on the year. So, I mean, this game can do it all, running back and quarterback. Uh, they're also top seven in offense and defense. Uh, both teams have led at the half in all but one game. Both are four and one. So, these teams get off hot starts and they sustain leads. And see uh, if that's the case for uh, each other. I mean, these are two two really good teams and see how that goes. Uh, Montgomery, big time with the rush. I think it should be a great battle. I think the Lions go in and win 25-18 to 18 to slow that random score out there. I think Lions, uh, they look good. I was a Lions doubter at the beginning of the year, but I'm back on the track. Back on the Lions. Let's hear more. Uh, take down a Raven. All right, final game. Could be game of the year. At least it would have been uh, for sure going into the week until the Eagles lost. Dolphins at, or Miami at the, Miami at, yeah, the Eagles. Eagles two and a half point favorites in this game. 
uh, Sunday night football. So this is going to be awesome. This is the first Sunday night football game I'm actually going to want to watch and enjoy. Uh, two of the top three teams, in my opinion, in the league, uh, 49ers. I think I switched Miami at number two now, and then the Eagles at number three. Tua, MVP. I think so. 1,800 yards, 14 touchdowns, uh, and they're looking good, 5-1. and one. Tyree Kill, he, he might eclipse 1,000 yards in this game. 814 yards on 42 receptions. That's 19.3 yards per catch. If you didn't draft this man in fantasy with your first pick, what are you doing? This man is balling out. Uh, Miami is first in passing yards, rushing yards, points. This team is doing it all offensively. Mike McDaniel is a genius. Genius. Philly, though, top 10 offense, top 10 defense, and second offensively. So, number one offense versus number two offense. This is going to be electric scoring, high scoring. Uh, this is what we like to see. I love to see high scoring games. Uh, Eagles have, though, have been in four, seven points or less deciding games. So, this team not blowing anyone out, unlike Miami on there, and their hand who just blows everyone out of the water. See what I did there. Uh, Eagles uh, getting it done, though, so it's important to be in close games, important to win those, and they're doing just that. Eagles kind of just scrapping through Jalen's seven interceptions on the year. You can't have any turnovers against this Miami team because they will capitalize, giving them extra possessions. Miami, like I said, 37 points a game. They're getting those points. I'm going to take Miami 31-28 to 28 over the Philadelphia Eagles Sunday night football. All right, that's my NFL for the week. Let's go into On This Day in History. Or, sorry, share my burger and brat. What am I doing? What am I doing? I'm sharing my burger and brat. It's our final segment. Kind of just flies by. Those 30 minutes. Flies. Uh, share my burger and brat with uh, Albuquerque and the International Balloon Fiesta. I got my Balloon Fiesta shirt on. Oh, look at that way. Glows in the dark. Yeah, pretty cool shirt. Uh, went to Albuquerque this past weekend. Great food, great scenery, great views. Uh, loved it. Uh, went up to Sandia Peak, went for the Albuquerque Balloon Fiesta, went for the Night Glow, and then got up at 4 o'clock in the morning to go see uh, the morning show where they all fly off in the air Saturday. And man, and also the solar eclipse. So got to see the Balloon Fiesta and the solar eclipse, Ring of Fire, the totality. Got to see uh, the moon just directly line up with the sun and that ring of fire look. It was an incredible once-in-a-lifetime thing. I mean, uh, last, I mean, may never have it again where that just lines up with the International Balloon Fiesta. So it was co so cool to see. Love Albuquerque as a town. Love that place. Also got to go see Breaking Bad. Uh, got to go see all those filming locations. So it was just a fun trip overall with the family. And shout out mom and dad uh, going with and uh, seeing all that. So definitely worth it to go see the uh, international balloon fiesta uh, you gotta you gotta get up at 4 a.m uh, a lot more people this year because of the solar eclipse uh close to two million people showed up for that event especially on that saturday so we got up at 4 a.m almost couldn't even get in because it was already that packed it was pretty crazy but definitely worth it all right share my burner bra with abq and uh, the balloon fiesta and that solar eclipse. Uh, pretty awesome. Told you guys about that earlier in the week to go out and watch it. Uh, U.S. was in the pathway of it. All right. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow the podcast on any platform, any streaming service, at Burgers and Brats. Stay up to date with latest on Twitter, Instagram. Hopefully you just watched on YouTube, or hopefully you just watched on Millions at Burgers and Brats. It's late at night, guys. I'm sorry. 
uh, and check out the podcast website, burgersbroadspodcast.com. Go get your merch, guys. Go get some merch. Take my picks to the bank. Uh, I've been doing really good uh, so far on the season. Thank you all for listening. Take care. Stay safe.